Welcome to the Life Changer Church Podcast. Let's jump in the Word with Dr. Ted Estes, Senior Pastor at Life Changer Church. Hi everybody, this is Pastor Ted from Life Changer Church. Thank you for joining me uh, for this uh, lesson in the Word of God from the Gospel of John. I love the Gospel of John. I, I, there's so many things about who John was as an apostle that's so fascinating to me and intriguing to me. And his uh, writing of his gospel was special. Obviously, it was under the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It, you know, it, it's, uh, it wasn't that he just come up with an idea about writing a book, but he was inspired of the Holy Spirit to write down these accounts. But in John chapter 20, in verse uh, 31, he says, But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. It's just fascinating to me the reason he wrote this gospel and the reason he tracked the events that are recorded in the gospel of John is one, so that people could would believe, and really so that the Jews would believe, and that believing, then they would be a partaker of the life of God. And friend, that's true for us too. We read the word of God that we might believe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we read that we might believe and that in believing in Jesus Christ, we may have life eternal. John even says it in chapter 3 that we can be born again. Not just living the life we live because we are human beings born into the earth, but because we are new creations in Christ. We are new creations in Christ. So first of all, I'd like to talk about the Apostle John. Do you know that every other apostle was martyred somewhere toward the end of their life or somewhere in the middle of their life? Of course, James uh, was uh, martyred early in the development of the church. You'll see that early in the book of Acts. Uh, but all of them died a martyr's death. Uh, history uh, tells us that Peter actually requested he could be crucified upside down on the streets of Rome because he was not worthy to be crucified in the same way that the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. And so each of the disciples lived an incredible life I'm not really to teach on them, but they lived an incredible life, but they all died a martyr except the Apostle John. John lived to be an old man. Uh, in one place, they actually tried to kill John by boiling him in a pot of oil. I can't imagine such a thing. Uh, I'm too American, I think. How could people be that angry and that uh, vicious to, to want to kill somebody by boiling them in a pot of oil over an open fire. But it didn't work. He didn't die. And since he didn't die from boiling in the oil, they uh, exiled him to the Isle of Patmos. And when he was at the Isle of Patmos, is when he had the vision that we call the Book of Revelation. It's where the Lord came and, and told him about, and gave him words for the churches in Asia and gave him words for 
for what the Lord was doing in the earth. And he began to have visions of heaven and of end-time events, of the culmination of the age. And I'll tell you the truth, from my perspective, many of the things that are in um, the finishing up stages of the book of Revelation seem to be happening uh, on a global scale right in front of us right now. Uh, But John was an amazing man, and he wrote his gospel. Now, the gospel of John is not like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels because they're a synopsis or snapshot of the life of Christ. And, uh, but John is not that way. It is also a snapshot, but it's not considered a synoptic. It had a different purpose. Its purpose was what I read to you here. John wrote these things down so that he, could, he was documenting uh, the miracles and the works of Jesus uh, ba- uh, to validate his messiahship. Because the Jews kept saying, show us a sign, show us a sign, show us a sign. So when John wrote his gospel, he included these seven signs and a couple of others that are, I don't know if you could call us a work of God, a minor sign. I don't think I'd be comfortable doing that, but they're not usually included in the seven major signs that are in the gospel of John. And so we're going to take some time over the next uh, few weeks to talk about some of these uh, stories. Now, my methodology is going to be real simple. I'm going to read the story from the Bible. Now, just so you know, I read the New King James Version. Oh, Pastor Ted, don't you know there's more modern versions than that? Of course I do. But I use the New King James Version because when you read it, it is it is has a sound of familiarity that doesn't include the these, thous, were, and twos, and the language of 1611 English. It has more modern American English language. And so, uh, so I want to take the first sign that John talks about, and it's in chapter 2. John's Gospel, chapter 2. And the Word of God says this, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Can I just say weddings were a big deal in the first century? The whole town, the whole village, the extended families on both sides were involved in the celebration, and there was music and dancing and uh, sharing of wine. You know, I heard a story one time about somebody who was talking about when Jesus made the wine, was it real alcohol? And the answer is yes, of course it was. But the person that was talking said they'd have thought more of Jesus if he had just made grape juice. But he didn't. He made wine. So sorry for that uh, rabbit trail there. And uh, And now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they had run out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, 
according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. You guys, that's a big pot. I don't think I could pick up a pot that had 30 gallons of water in it by myself. I'd have to have help. And Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Remember what John said? This was written so that you would believe. And after, he, after this, he went down to Capernaum, he, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You know, this is such a fascinating story about G. And, you know, there's all kinds of ways of looking at it. But, you know, his mother must have had huge confidence in Jesus' ability to meet the need for people. She must have in order to do that. And so she doesn't, she, she makes a comment to Jesus. Uh, you know, they, they, they've run out of wine. They need some help here. And she, he said, lady, you know, it's not my time. So I'm not, and, but she didn't talk to Jesus. We don't have a record of an argument here. All she said was looked, all she did was look at the servants who were serving the people, and said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Now, I think I could stop right here and preach for about, I don't know, two, three hours, because I want to tell you that one of the most important things you'll ever do is that when you hear the voice of God and you know what God is asking you to do, that you just do it. You just do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. So what did he say? He said, well, take those water pots, fill them up with water. And then when the servants had done that, they brought them back. He said, now dip and take it to the master of the feast. So many times in my own life, Victory has come simply from being obedient to the Word of God, to the work of the Holy Spirit in my heart, through the Word of God, the Scriptures, and by the voice of the Holy Spirit. It is so important, ladies and gentlemen, it is so important that we learn to obey the Word of God without controversy and without argument. And that we don't try to rationalize, justify, defend, or anything else like that. When you know you've heard from the Lord, 
just do it. I know that Nike came up with that slogan with the swoosh. Let me tell you something. When it comes to following the Lord, just do it. It's important. It's important. Now, you know, uh, lest we go crazy, it's important that you know that how does one hear from the Lord? How does one hear from the Lord? Well, you need to be regularly reading your Bible. If you hide the Word of God in your heart by reading the Bible, in the times where you need to hear from God, the Holy Spirit will use that Word that you have hidden in your heart, and He will bring it back to you. He'll bring it back. He'll remind you of what the Bible says. You know, there was a famous preacher in the Dallas area that said, read the red and pray for power. You know, read the red. I mean, you can do it in all kinds of different ways. But we need to read the Word of God, hide that Word in our heart that we might not sin against God. It helps us in living righteously. You know, living righteously is an important thing. Um, Well, it's important to live because we are the righteousness of God through the grace of God and through the work of the Holy Spirit in our salvation. He makes us to become righteous. But then we have an obligation or a responsibility to live out of righteousness rather than to live out of carnality. It's so important to hide the Word of God in our hearts. And secondly, Paul makes it real clear, particularly to the Romans, that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit and that we are to be led by the Holy Spirit. And he says in Romans 8, if we're led by the Holy Spirit, we're not going to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us. He's going to guide us. He's going to lead us. He's going to do it by means of the Word of God and the voice of God. Listen, you can hear God. You can discern the Lord. I know that some people go around saying they heard God say this and God say that and God say the other thing. Well, you, you, if you go around saying that, there should be some fruit that attends your life that indicates you really did hear from the Lord. And so if you're not hearing from the Lord, but you're claiming to hear from the Lord, you need to reevaluate if things aren't changing you're not being effective in your life in Christ, then you need to back up and slow down and reevaluate. Sometimes people come to me and say, you know, Pastor, the Lord told me. And I just have to say to them, you know what? That don't sound like God to me. God I know, love and worship and serve, is not mentally ill. He's not crazy. Now, he may stretch you. He will stretch you, and he will ask you to do things that are outside your comfort zone to be sure. But he's not going to ask you to do silly, evil, mean-spirited things in his name. That's not him because God operates in the earth by love. Even when it's a difficult thing, God's love is at work. Anyway, so God, God will speak to us. I have a friend said, I heard him, first time I heard him say it, now he's in heaven now, but the first time I heard him say this was probably in the late 80s, 1980s. His name was Don Weber. 
he said, you know what, Ted, you just have to learn to have more confidence in God's ability to speak than your ability to hear. That impacted me in such a way. I was trying to have confidence in my ability to hear. I was straining to hear. I was trying to hear. But you know, I realized when I wasn't wanting to hear from God at all, he had a way of getting my attention. In those years before Jesus, before I was fully committed and sold out, he had a way of getting my attention. But now I want to hear from God. I'm not resistant to God. I've already made the decision. When the Lord speaks to me, I'm, the answer that I have is yes, sir. I may, it may take me a little bit of time to figure out how to do it, but the answer is yes. I'm not going to argue with God. I am not going to argue with God at all. Well, John's gospel here, Mary sees the need. She presents this to Jesus. He really doesn't respond like we like to think, you know, he, Jesus is our Savior. He loves us. Oh, Mom, I'm so sorry. That's not how I responded. I said, look, it's not my time. But she didn't take um, his resistance personal. She just looked at the, the water pot guys and said, hey, whatever he tells you to do. You know, she must have known that his word spoken in his mouth carries real power. And can I tell you that his word spoken in your mouth has real power? And, you know, and it wasn't a spiritual thing. He said, do go fill up the water pot. I know that over the years I've had that experience myself where the Lord would speak to me about something, and really it was not a big deal. But it had to be done. I had to obey. Now, many of you know my testimony from 2002 when I had a malignant colon tumor, and, and it wasn't a good prospect. Uh, but however, God spoke to me, and by the, through the help of my wife, the church body here, and friends, I was able to do what the Lord said do. And one year later... One year later, I didn't have that tumor, cancer, any of that stuff. It was all gone. No surgery, no chemo, and no radiation. Because it was the word of the Lord, and I was able to follow it. There's a lot of fun antidotes in that year that took place. I won't bore you with them tonight. But I just want you to know, God loves you, and God has a word for you. And and his mother said it, whatever he says to you, do it. I want to say that to you tonight. Whatever the Lord says to you, do it. And see what God will do in your life. So God bless you. Uh, you can reach me at Pastor Ted at lifechangerchurch.com uh, or at lifechanger at lifechangerchurch.com. Uh, if you watch uh, this program, if you'd make a comment, I would appreciate it. Let me know you're out there. God bless you, and have a wonderful evening. Thanks for listening to the Life Changer Church podcast. We want to welcome you to church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 2221 
Cornerstone Avenue in Claremore, Oklahoma. You can reach the church office at area code 918-341-8344. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.